Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. Day after the Broncos beat the Browns at Mile High and Brandon Allen's NFL debut. And hey, kids wrote about it. You wrote it, wrote about it in depth in your analysis. Brandon Allen really owned the moment yesterday at Mile High. He did. And he played turnover free. Um, you know, he looked a little nervous in the pocket early, but I think he scrambled for 11 yards to convert a third down. I think that sort of broke the ice, and that drive ended with Sutton's touchdown pass. And, you know, Allen deadpan, you know, hey, that was a terrible throw, Cortland saving. Well, that's what receivers like him are supposed to do. That's what the 50-50 pass was there. He made the play, and, you know, I thought, I thought Rich Gangarello did a nice job, you know, implementing the pistol formation, which, you know, you can run either right or left out of. And then also, uh, you know, feeling comfortable with Allen on the move. You know, one play in particular in the second half, he rolled right, lofted the pass over coverage to Noah Fant for a long, longer gain. So all in all, I mean, they, they still can't hit 25 points, but they got to 24. And I think from an offensive perspective, you can say they took a step forward. And, hey, you mentioned Fant and he, along with Sutton, you mentioned his big play. Uh, Devontae Harris, another strong game at the number two corner spot. You know, you got some young guys, and you saw the best out of them on Sunday, especially Fant, who's had some struggles, who's the Kansas City game, a low point in his rookie season, comes back with a huge uh 100-plus yard performance, first of his career, including a monstrous 75-yard rumble to the end zone where he shed, what, three, four defenders. Three, three pathetic tackling attempts, including one by, including one by uh, Jermaine, uh, what was it, Whitehead, who got cut by the Browns after his Twitter rant last night. But you, oh, you mentioned not those. Not a good weekend. Yeah, not a good. <laughs> you mentioned these young guys. That's what that's what you need to lean on this the, the rest of the season. This team's probably not going to playoffs. It's probably not going to get the 500. You know, treat this like a you know a time of discovery. You know, which which younger guys can you count on? Which older guys merit a new contract? So I think that should be the goal for Vic Fangio and John Elway for these last seven games. I thought Sunday's game was huge for Fant. Last time he was on that field, he had three drops, got booed off the field. Uh, they did play action on all three of his catches, which is what he's here for. Uh, you know, run it well enough where a linebacker has to respect the uh, play fake. And all Fant needs with his athleticism is one step, maybe a step and a half, and he's off to the races. And that's what he did on a couple of those catches. And as you saw, once he gets up ahead of steam, you know, tacklers are, are more prone to bounce off him. You know, you wrote about Philip Lindsay after the game in Monday's paper. Um, you think this could be something to springboard him toward another 1,000-yard season? Well, he's on track. I was actually just running the stats this morning. He's on track for, I think, 1,038 yards. So he's right on the money there. He's going to have to keep it up, uh, and, you know, have a couple more 100-yard games, of course. But, you know, we saw him utilizing the Wildcat to ice the game, uh, ran off tackle for, I think, 15, 16 yards. So... You know, I've wrote about that, how this offense is going to more and more go through Philip Lindsay. I mean, last year he was the breakout rookie star, making the Pro Bowl, feel-good story. Well, this year he's kind of emerging as that offensive linchpin that, you know, we, we all knew that he could be from what he showed last year. Yeah, and, you know, I, I joked with him last week before the game. I said, hey, you're, you know, you're a couple home runs from being on a 1,000-yard pace. Well, that's what he got. He had a 30-yard run and a 40-yard run. And and that's what not so much became commonplace last year, but you, you saw him pop a couple more of those. That gets your yard 
yards per carry up, you know, that, that allows you to get to, you know, 1,000 yards and beyond. So um, I think a positive step for him. Royce Freeman still played more on Sunday, but I think he, you know, if he can, you know, pass protect better, he will be their third down guy, which frees up Phillip for first and second down. Well, and Phillip and Royce and that offensive line, obviously so key to make uh, Rich Gangarello's job a lot easier. And Eli Wilkinson had some interesting comments just inside the locker room a few minutes ago. And he said, hey, basically all week, the offense knew is, hey, it was on us to do something against the Browns, make sure we don't put our defense in a bad situation again. And Eli said, Coach Rich took it on himself as well. Like, hey, I understand the frustrations from the from the Colts game. You know, obviously Joe Flacco lashing out, saying that they weren't aggressive enough, and and rightfully so. And then you saw maybe not as aggressive as we would have liked to see in the press box, uh, but some more aggression and, like you mentioned, those play action shots that eventually turn into big games. Well, yeah, the key is just run different stuff. I mean, the Wildcat was a nice thing to implement. They ran the pistol more than they had all year, so when when things aren't going well, you know. If you repeat it, that's just uh, you're banging your head against a concrete wall. You know, think outside the box. We have a lot of coaches here to say, okay, what are they missing? Okay, what who does what well? And then you can sort of build a game plan from there. So it's, I mean, right now they're at 18 straight games dating back to last year without hitting 25 points. That ties a franchise record from the 91-92 team. So, you know, it's still a points challenge offense. But I think on Sunday you at least saw – you know, as you're alluding to, they, they didn't answer a Cleveland score by going three and out. They at least ran some clock, played a little bit of field position, and that ended up helping the defense at the end. And looking ahead here, after the bye week, they got the Vikings on the road. We'll, of course, be there. Head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for coverage. But uh, a couple things to watch. Obviously, guys potentially coming off the, the IR. John Elway straight said Tim Patrick will be back after the bye off the IR. Patrick has indicated as much in, in conversations with me. So uh, Broncos getting a wide out back. Then obviously the Drew Locke watch. Uh, that'll be a big storyline. And I think, like we mentioned, some of these young guys and the guys I'm looking at, especially on the defense, are a couple linebackers, Alexander Johnson and, and Malik Reed. Can those guys read an undrafted rookie? And Johnson, obviously, with his uh, roundabout way to the NFL and this big opportunity. Can those guys continue to be kind of the guys alongside Vaughn on that linebacking course? So some things to watch. Then. Yeah, they're going to get a shot. And on the injury front, uh, Demarcus Walker in the locker room today, he had an AC joint injury in his shoulder. That's why he didn't play. He heard it in practice. His goal is to be back in two weeks. He's staying here during the bye week to rehab. Will Parks is staying here during the bye week to train. He says that he should be good to go from the broken hand for Minnesota. They're going to have to put a, um, a club on there, but it won't be too cumbersome. Shocker, the mystery is Deron James, the right tackle. He's limited to 32 snaps this year because of that knee injury. Uh, Vic Fangio said on Monday, I uh, don't know uh, when he's going to be back. And you know, and he, well, and he also initially said uh, right after the Colts game, well, actually, it seems like it's not as, as bad as the first injury. But now here we are kind of just like indefinite. He's out. Not sure status. And I think the tell, telling part is maybe the secondary tests were a little bit different because last Wednesday he said, you know, 50 50 shot. Well, then they ruled him out Friday, which is not really in their MO. They'd rather just let a guy train on Saturday, do a warm up on Sunday, then decide. The fact that they ruled out James and Hireman mean, maybe means that this was uh, they would have wouldn't have been able to play this week either. So you give them three weeks between games, and I think that with James at this point, whatever you get is a bonus. I mean, Wilkinson played a lot better at right tackle against um, Cleveland than he did against Kansas City, especially. So 
you know, if you go with those five up front, and maybe you get something from James uh, later in the season. James playing on guaranteed money this year. So like you said, Brian, uh, Broncos just at least looking to get something out of that investment going forward. Again, this is the first in Orange podcast. Appreciate you listening in. We'll be back soon enough with another episode. And be sure to keep it tuned to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout this week and into next week's game at Minnesota. Until next week, folks, take it easy. Thank you.